Hello, MediHealth Podcast listeners. Welcome to Season 4, Episode 5. I'm your host, Reka, and... I'm Maritha. Today, we'll be talking to Edward Fu, who is a medical student at the University of Edinburgh, currently doing stem cell research. Pursuing medicine requires a lot of commitment, and it involves not only clinical experience, but also research, especially for Edward. The area of stem cells intrigued his interest, and as a Malaysian, he decided to study abroad in UK medical school. Let's hear out his experience there so far. Welcome everyone to the off seasons of MediHealth podcast. So hello, Edward, welcome and so happy to see you today. And uh, we would like to first ask about you as a medical student. So can you tell us a little bit about what a Bachelor of Medicine or Bachelor of Surgery Degrees program that you currently enroll in look like and what kind of trainings do you receive in that program? Well, well uh, first off, I just want to say thank you so much for having me on here. Um, I'm not an expert by any means, so this is very much a student's uh, perspective. Um, but back to your question on how the program is run here in Edinburgh. Um, it's a six-year program, so it's slightly longer than most uh, UK uh, medical school, school programs, I suppose, which are usually run for five years. Uh, it's broken up into three parts, the preclinical sec- uh, sort of segment, which is uh, the first two years, where you get like uh, an education in the basics of medical science, I suppose, which is then helpful to understand some of the other uh, clinical aspects of medicine that come later in the course. In your third year, uh, you take a year off, which is the stage I'm, I'm at now, to go off and do a separate degree in a field that's separate from medicine, but uh, most people choose to do it in something that's fairly related to medicine, I suppose. Um, in your final three years, uh, years four to six, you go, you, you come back into medicine and you do your clinical studies. Uh, what this is, is three years of uh, a mixture of lectures as well as going into ward rounds, learning on the wards, uh, essentially preparing yourself to be a doctor uh, through practical learning, I suppose. I'm very excited to learn that, um, like what makes you want to get into medicine because a lot of people say that it's very rewarding and at the same time, it takes a lot of energy and time and devotion. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I suppose that's an aspect that's uh, been mentioned, I think, by, by a lot of people before me, uh, definitely more eloquently than I can put it. Um, the, the time and devotion that, that's needed to stay in this profession is quite considerable, but, but it is a very rewarding uh, profession, uh, even though I'm not quite there yet. Um, based on what I've heard, people choose medicine and choose to stay in medicine because they feel as though, it, it's not as though they don't have other options. It's more a case of them feeling that the pros outweigh the cons, I suppose, uh, of, of staying in medicine. And you get to know patients on a more personal level, especially if you've been caring for them for a long time. You get to work with a team that uh, is going to save lives with you or, or at least enhance lives you know, on a daily basis. That's a privilege that I think not as many disciplines can, can, can claim to have. 
not not of course saying that other disciplines won't experience that sort of camaraderie to a similar sort of extent uh, but the way in which you see it in medicine you, you know I, I suppose it's not replicable I, I suppose in other sort of disciplines you know the, the extent to which you work closely with your team that, that's the aspect that I think I'll come to enjoy the most when I go into my clinical years the fact that you're part of a team and, and you can then work as part of that team towards ensuring that your patient gets the best care possible and, and that's what really motivates me I think because medicine without mincing words is a pretty uh, rigorous sort of discipline to be in but it's also one that's very rewarding and I'd encourage anyone who's interested in going into medical school to sort of aim high and just go for it because you never know what you get at the end of it. That is definitely true and your point about how inspiring that feel is very um, amazing and I was wondering when did you start um, developing an interest in medicine and when did you really actually consider going to medical school? This is a bit of a funny question to answer. Um, when, when people write in their essays for medical school admissions, they, they may go into a story about how they've always wanted to be a doctor from, from when they were five. Um, in my case, to, to be very honest with you, I did actually want to be a doctor since I was five um, for, for several reasons. And I suppose that the reasons have changed somewhat over the years, but partly because my, my, my dad's uh, in the profession. And so I've, while I was growing up, that's just what I've been exposed to. Um, the good and the bad. So I have a pretty, um, I think, grounded expectation of what a life in medicine is like. It's quite busy, um, but it's still possible to have a, a, you know, some semblance of a work-life balance. And, and, and my dad's been absolutely amazing in, in that regard. You know, big, big family man, even though he's fairly sort of a uh, big, busy consultant as well. Um, so, so that's what I aspire to be. And, and that's just always been my main uh, motivating factor, I suppose, the, the, the fact that someone so close to me has been able to balance uh, both a rewarding career in medicine and a very rewarding family life. Wow, it sounds like your dad has been a great role model to you and inspired you. Would love to meet your dad one day. <laughs> um, maybe interview him sometime. When you graduate medical school, so maybe going to residency, I believe, in the UK as well, um, where do you see yourself after graduation? Would you, how would you um, incorporate your research during that time? Right. Um, that's a good question. Um, in my case, I'm not entirely sure yet, but I am looking to get into what's known as the academic foundation program here in the UK. So what this is, is essentially uh, housemanship training uh, back in Malaysia. But what you do get is you get time off to do medical research on the side as well. Uh, not just on the side, you, you, you get like uh, essentially an entire three to four month period where you can do only medical research. Uh, 
where you have time away from your clinical duties, essentially. And, and, and that's appealing to me just because uh, that allows me to both gain the practical skills I need as a doctor, as a junior doctor in training, but also develop myself as an academic, as a researcher who is able to gain base quite specialty knowledge in a particular maybe niche area, uh, area of living medicine. That's quite appealing to me. Uh, and, and considering my sort of where I see myself in five to 10 years is as a clinical academic, that's where I'm leaning towards, I suppose. It's very exciting to see that you're like, unlike usual doctors who just in Malaysia, they just follow the usual path. Um, yeah, like you have come all the way from Malaysia and then to UK. I was wondering like, if you have an opportunity to go back to your Sumtet self, what would you have done differently? Or what would you say to yourself? Sumtet was a bit of a formative experience for me, I think. And I truly feel that going to Sumtet shaped me in a way, and it shaped sort of my worldview, sort of middle and high school years at Sumtet immensely. And it's just, made me the person that I am today, not necessarily the best version of myself, but it's certainly a version of myself that I've grown, become proud of. So, so no, I probably wouldn't do things any differently. Everything um, connected together to inspire you and shape into a person you are currently. Amazing. Jack of all trades, master of all. And um, I like through researching, we saw that you are also a reviewer of the Repurposing Living Systematic Reviewer and, and the project, the General Secretary for Malaysia Medics International and the Branch Secretary for Asia Medical Students Association, Edinburgh. So it seems that you're in really involved in a lot of things at the same time. And we're curious, like, how do you manage everything at once and what motivates you to engage in these activities? In terms of what uh, I've sort of been doing to cope, and, and I'm not sure if I'm the best person to ask, you know, there are many more people that are involved in more things than me and who are more qualified to answer this question. But, but I, I can give you sort of, how I've been doing things. Um, like I mentioned earlier on, um, some projects require you to really be there all the time. Others, uh, you can sort of take a freelancer's approach to it. Um, that's what I've been doing with my, my, my many hats, I suppose. Um, here's the thing about taking on quite, uh, many responsibilities and, and roles. Uh, if you imagine each role to be a hat, um, you can have many hats in your cupboard at home, but you can wear all of them at the same time. And, and, and that's just sort of what I've been doing. Um, it's going to be a case of honors project, switching a hat, uh, the sort of uh, review project that, that, was, that, that you mentioned earlier on, take it off. Uh, it's going to be putting on a hat of uh, sort of say MMI, something else. <laughs> It's coming across as being very abstract, but basically what I'm saying is that you can shift your attention selectively between the many things that you need your attention to be at. Uh, and that sort of staggers the work, you know. Of course, some, sometimes things will come all at the same time. It's then up down to you to prioritize and manage 
which things take the highest priority, you know, you, you, you get to those things first and then you just need the things that can wait uh, till later when you're able to manage. It, it, it's sometimes been a bit stressful doing things this way, um, not going to lie, but it's been working well so far, I would say. And yeah. I appreciate your frankness on that, like how it's not easy, but it's nice putting different head and the metaphor is very illustrative. This episode is hosted by Reka Shimomura and Meritha Tan. Contents produced by Mei Yap, Reka, and Meritha, while audio edited by Yushan Lan. Audios are uploaded by Chu Dong Fan. Graphics are designed by Tanishi Culture. Articles are written by Anna McCain and Gloria Agen. Articles are translated by Yi Yue Guo, while the newsletter is designed by Jason Duan. Social media publicity by Yu Hu Jin. Secretariat contributions by Mei Chen. Thank you to Professor Mark Spaller, our advisor, and Ms. Chan Shimeng, our strategic communications trainer. Opening music produced by Chong Yi Huan. A huge thanks to Edward Hu. Also, a huge thanks to Gigi Health Humanities Lab, who sponsored this podcast. Bridging the voices.